thank you guys. What a message in that song. God just needs a few good men. Well, today is Father's Day, and uh, this is a very special time. And I'm going to ask if you're a father, if you're here today and you're a father, would you just let that be known by standing? Would you stand if you're, if you're a father today? Just go ahead and look at here. That's great. Give them a round of applause. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Be seated. Thank you so much. I thank you for being in the Lord's house today. I'll tell you what, um, we need fathers in the Lord's house. I want to share with you about the ideal father. And I want to share with you from Ephesians chapter 5. There are three or four books that I'll be referring to. But Ephesians chapter 5 is a text. And I want us to think about what a child thinks an ideal father is. Ephesians chapter 5, I only want to read one verse. That The verse there that I'll be referring to, verse 25, of course this is a passage about the family and it's about husbands and it's about wives and about children. But I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. God's Word says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. None of us are able to choose our biological father. However, if you can say with all honesty, if I could have chosen my father, I would have chosen the man who is my dad. If you could have chosen your father, today you would say, I would have chosen the man who is my dad. If you can say that, then you are a blessed person indeed. The sad fact of the matter is that the majority of children today cannot say that. Now, why is that? Well, because a number of fathers are not seeking to fulfill their God-given role as fathers. Several years ago, I had a young person to come up to me, and they made this statement. They said, I wish that I had a father just like you. That kind of just floored me there for a while. But they had watched me and for some time, and they came up to me, And they said, I wish that I had a father just like you. Then they went ahead and they said, your children are very blessed to have a father like you. Now, what kind of father, what kind of daddy would every child like to have? So I was thinking of that. I've jotted down about three things I want to mention to you that I believe that every child... We'd like to have a father, like to have a dad, like what I'll mention with these characteristics. First of all, I believe that every child would like to have a dad who has had a changed life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 simply says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I was blessed when I was growing up because my dad had been saved for several years when I was born. My dad was saved as a teenager. He became a Christian when he was about 16 years old, 17 years old. And parents, let me say this, it makes a difference in our youth as they mature as young adults if they've been saved and if the discipleship process has already begun in their lives at a very young age. It really makes a difference. My dad was saved as a teenager. He came to know Christ at about 17 years old. He knew the importance at that age, the importance of serving God. He knew the importance of knowing God's will. He knew the importance of marrying and praying and marrying a godly wife. He knew the importance of having a godly home. He knew the importance of Bible study and the importance of prayer and and talking to God before he made any major decisions in his life. And as he grew up, he became a Sunday school director in in a church, and he became uh, taught a Sunday school class. He was a Sunday school teacher, and he played the piano. And then he, he spoke from time to time when the preacher wasn't able to be in the pulpit. My dad would fill the pulpit. And then uh, my dad, in 50 years old, surrendered his life to, to ministry and was called to preach and was ordained as a preacher and served at Rockwood Baptist Church there for 32 years. And that all began at an early age, about 17 years old for him. And so I can see the importance of of coming to Christ at a young age and, and having those Christian characteristics molded and formed in our lives because it really makes a difference as we mature in life. I didn't know what it was like to come home and and hear my dad use profanity. My dad, when he died, I was 51 years old. And I can never remember my dad using any form of profanity. I never, as long as my dad lived, I never heard my dad use a profane word. And I was 51 years old when he died. I can remember one of the, one of the worst times that, uh, as far as getting into trouble that my, my dad corrected me, disciplined me for using the word darn. He thought that was just terrible. And I can remember him disciplining me for using that word because he looked upon that word as a profane word. Never heard him use a profane word. I never knew what it was like to hear my dad be in another room or sitting at the kitchen table drinking alcohol. Alcohol never came into our house. I can remember my dad telling me when I was just, I don't know, and I've shared this testimony with with you before and some of you, and you may, uh, if you would, just let me refresh your mind of this testimony and others, this will be new to you. But I can remember my dad saying to me, and I thought he was an old man. I was about nine years old. He probably was in his early or late 30s or early 40s, 40 years old perhaps. And he said this. He said, son, I'm so 
I forgot his age, and, I've, and I do not know what beverage alcohol tastes like. And he said, I, I pray that one day you'll be able to say the same thing. I'm 63 years old, and to this day, I do not know what beverage alcohol tastes like. I remember my dad telling me that when I was young. And I wanted to be just like my dad. And if he said that it wasn't good for me, I took him at his word. And so at 63 years old, I can say the same thing. I never knew what it was like to come home and, and be afraid of my dad that he might abuse my mom or my sister or myself. I didn't have a dad like that. I never knew what it was like to go to bed at night and, and not have food in the house or the, the, the electricity had been turned off or the water had been turned off because dad had wasted his money on alcohol or drugs or, or gambling, something of that nature. You see, I had a daddy who had had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. My dad was confronted by the Holy Spirit. My dad was convicted by the Holy Spirit that he was a sinner. And my dad was changed by the Holy Spirit when he asked Christ to come into his life and save him. And fathers, let me just say this. Children are wanting dads who have had a changed life. They want to kiss their dad's goodnight without the smell of alcohol on their breath. They want to share about their day at school without being screamed at. They want someone to sit and listen for a while. They want a daddy with a changed life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Children want a daddy who has been changed and saved. But secondly, I believe that children want a daddy who loves their mother. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, if you've attended services here, perhaps in the last year, or two years, or three years, I've mentioned several times about the Greek language in regards to love. We have one word for love, L-O-V-E. I love my dog, or I love my job, or I love my wife. We use that same word. But the Greeks had three words. They had a word called eros, that's where we get the word erotic, and that was a sensual, sexual type love. And then they had a word philio, and that's where we get the word philadelphia, that word filio means friendship type love. And then they had a word called agape. That's a self-sacrificing love. That's the highest kind of love that you can have. When Jesus said, husbands, love your wives, he didn't use the word filio. He didn't use the word eros. He used the word agape. Love your wives with a self-sacrificing love. The word love there, that agape love, means to make much of a person. So notice, men, he gives a command, and this is important. He says, husbands, notice the command. Husbands, love 
your wives. Agape your wives. So he gives a command to love. The point is that love is not always based on emotions. You know, uh, some people are saying, as I counsel with people, and they're considering divorce, they'll say something like this, well, I just don't love her anymore, or I just don't love him anymore. Let me say, you don't fall in love, and you don't fall out of love. You choose to love. Jesus says it's not all about emotions. God relates love to your will. Husbands, love your wives. And not just to your emotions. As Christ loved the church. So husbands, here's a command from God. The command is to love your wives. To agape your wives. To love your wives with a self-sacrificing love. Love has nothing to do with your feelings. In that verse. That's why he says, love your wives. A command. Same as he says, love your enemies. That's why God, that's why, uh, God can say to love him. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Listen to what he says. He says, Jesus said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is only, there's none other commandment greater than these. Those are commandments. It's not based on feelings. God says, listen, love me, love your neighbor Love one another. The point is this. If love can be commanded, then it isn't solely in the realm of emotions. Because your emotions fluctuate. Your emotions fade from time to time. You're to love even if you don't feel good. You're to love. You're, you're to love your spouse if you're having a bad day. You're to love. But agape love goes beyond our emotions. Therefore, we're to, to love her, love our wife, regardless how we might feel, regardless how we might think, in sickness and in health, in poverty and in wealth. When she's fat, when she's thin, when she's young, when she's old, the command is to love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave his life for it. So husbands, regardless of your sacrifice, your vow to God was to love her, being willing to give your very life for her until death separates you. Children want fathers who love their mothers. May God have mercy on us if we break that vow. Children want a daddy who's had a changed life, and they want a daddy who loved their mothers. And then they want a father who they know want them to come to Christ. Look at Joshua chapter 24. I believe it'll be on your screen. Joshua chapter 24. We're going to look at verse 14 and 15. He says, 
in Joshua 24:14. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve you the Lord. Then Joshua challenged them and said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Children want a daddy who want them to come to know Christ. 1 Kings chapter 22 tells the story of a young man. 1 Kings 22 verse 51. His name is Ahaziah. Let me read this just for a moment. 1 Kings 22 51. It says, And Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned two years over Israel. And notice in verse 52, And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of his father, and in the way of his mother, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. His name was Ahaziah. He was a son of two rough parents. Ahab and Jezebel. You probably have heard more of Jezebel than you have of Ahab. But they were very much alike. And Ahaziah became the eighth king of Israel at a very young age, and he only reigned for two years. And then he died. Now the question was, how could that young life end in such a tragic way? Well, 1 Kings twenty-two fifty-two tells us, he walked in the ways of his father and his mother. Years ago, years ago, I found a little poem and I set it aside and it must have been over 30 years ago. Some of you may remember this, but I want to use it today. The title of this little poem is Walk a Little Plainer Daddy. Walk a little plainer daddy, said a little boy so frail. I'm following in your footsteps, and I don't want to fail. Sometimes your steps are very plain. Sometimes they're hard to see. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for you are leading me. I know that once you walked this way many years ago, and what you did along the way, I'd really like to know. Sometimes when tempted by liquor and drugs, it's difficult to know what to do. So walk a little plainer, Daddy. You know I'm going to follow you. Someday when I'm grown up, you are like I'd want to be. Then I'll have a little boy who'll want to follow me. And I'd want to lead him right and help him to be true. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for we are following you. You see, Dad's the walk that you're walking right now not only affects your children, but that walk also affects your grandchildren. And the problem of Hazai is that he followed after the steps of his father and his mother. Evangelist Tom Malone tells how he witnessed to a man about being saved years ago. And the man refused to repent and receive Christ. And so the next day was Sunday. 
Malone was visiting in his house on Saturday. The next day at church, the services were in progress, and all of a sudden, during the sermon, this man walks in, and he walks straight down the aisle, and, and the preacher walks down and takes him by the hand, and the, and the man says, I want to be saved. I want to trust Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And Malone said to him, he says, well, what changed your mind from last night? And he said, well, preacher, after you left, he said, my five-year-old boy came in, and he climbed up in my lap, and he said this, and I'll quote it. He says, Daddy, we don't want to go to church, do we? And he said, I knew then that I was damning my son to hell. And so today, with that in mind, every one of us as fathers, we need to see that vision this morning. I wonder how many fathers today are leading their children away from God instead of leading their children to God. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 14 through 15. You know, two of the happiest times in my life is when my children were saved. I had an opportunity to share the gospel with my daughter and then later my son and then had the privilege to go from here to, to Hayden and baptize my grandson at another time. But the question is, Daddy, are you walking plain enough for your children to see Jesus? Because I promise you, they're following in your steps. They want a daddy who has a changed life. They want a daddy who loves their mother. And they want a daddy that wants to see them come to know Christ. Now today, as we close, some of you are young. Some of you are older children. Your parents are still living. You're even senior adults, and you're taking care of your senior parents. Some of your parents have never trusted Christ. Young or old as children, let me encourage you to keep praying for them and at the same time keep on living your life for Christ in order they may see Christ in you. So this morning, let me say this to those who, whose dad may not live at home. Your dad and mom may be divorced and your dad may live somewhere else. Or your dad may be out of your life altogether. You may not see your dad much. But let me promise you this. You have a heavenly father that loves you so, so, so very much. And you don't need to never forget that. Please remember that. So today on Father's Day, as fathers, as we examine our life, how's our walk? What's our children seeing in us? Do they see a changed dad? Do they see a dad that loves their mom? And do they see a dad that's leading them to this person by the name of Jesus Christ? Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come together today and to worship you on the Lord's Day. And then at the same time, just be reminded as this holiday has been set aside as Father's Day, as we recognize fathers, 
My, my, what a responsibility you've given to us as fathers. And what a role that we have to, to play in the family. We're the, not only the breadwinner, but, Father, we're the spiritual leaders of our homes. And you have assigned that task to us. I pray for each dad here today. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we'll be faithful to our assignment. And I pray, Father, that as we live, that we would do all we could do, Father, to, to lead our children to you and to give them the right example to follow, realizing that, that not only our children will follow us, but perhaps our grandchildren Lord, will follow the way we've lived this life also. And so help us, we pray, to keep in mind that others, the little ones, are watching us. And they want to be just like their dad. And so help us to be the, the Christian dads that we need to be. I thank you, Lord, for grandparents, Lord, who have stepped up, and there's so many who are raising their grandchildren and help granddads be the father to their grandchildren if the parents, Lord, the dad's not in the home. And so, Father, I pray that you'd continue to let us set that example that we need to set. I pray for fathers that are here today who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. And I pray today that as your Holy Spirit moves upon each person here, I pray that fathers would give their heart and their life to you they come today I pray Lord for the family today the family is in a crisis today marriage is in a crisis today we uh, are having some to even want to redefine marriage and Lord I never would have dreamed over the years that we would even be discussing a topic such as a redefining marriage and so help us we pray to, to use your word as a guidebook when it comes to the home and when it comes to our relationship as husbands and wives and family. Thank you for what you're going to do today. Thank you for our children. And Father, we pray now that you would help us as we continue to lead them to you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.